the Ramon Foster Show starring. And it's not starring Ramon. It's starring our new headquarters downtown. Look at that. Yeah, Little yeah, crowd. Right. That's not, uh, they're uh. not paid to be there either. They want to be no. there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Hang on. I got, I got one more for you here. This is our wall. Hey. Look at that. You see the Ramon logo? Up, on here? Look at that. See the Ramon logo there? Look at that. Uh, I'm somebody uh, now. You, you finally made it, Moan. I made it on the wall. This is it. it. There was that time. Like that they that uh, AB gave you the ball to spike it in the end zone, and then there's this up here, man. <laughs> this, you know what? As long as I don't break my camera or your camera, uh, we're all right. Which I'm sure some cameras broke last night, DK. My goodness. Where is this text that I got from Ramon Foster last night when this happened? Oh, here it is. Here it is. This is right after the pick. Ramon Foster texts me. This is what we needed. And that's where we're starting today's show as it relates to Kenny Pickett uh, going to the Steelers at number 20 overall. Why is it what the Steelers needed? It's the next transition. I, I'll be honest with you, a, a lot goes into this that, that text I sent you just simply because we knew it was going to be a quarterback, and, and I'm trusting Kevin, I'm, coaching, uh, I'm trusting Coach Tomlin as far as this pick, as, as far as what he could mean for this, this uh, franchise of the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. We knew it had to be this. It's post-being. We're going to continuously bring this up time and time again simply because – Nobody wants to be running the franchise without a guy that they cannot trust. And for it being Kenny Pickett to me, I'll say this. I'm probably with the rest of Steeler Nation when it comes to they pulled it right over our eyes. I bought into the idea that that uh, Willis was going to be the pick. I bought into the idea that they loved him. I, I do think things changed whenever Carolina made their picks and they realized, oh, we can actually get I just didn't think that they were in love with him the same way that they were in love with Malik Willis. And I think it was the mindset that they didn't think they were going to be able to get Kenny Pickett. And the other part was this. They were around Kenny more than they probably showed, considering they're right next door. I'm guessing he stayed around Pittsburgh or came back to Pittsburgh more often than not. There was a lot behind this selection that I don't think was shown as far as the Malik Willis uh, prospect was. Kenny's a guy that we know. He's going to make the same drive to go to the facility, although he might get a different house, bigger house now. Uh, he knows the process. Right, he gets a better parking spot, too. <laughs> I, I wonder if he's going to get Benzo parking spot. He got you know, get, I, I'll bet you Ben keeps that spot. I'll yeah. bet you not to change the subject here, but no, Ben no. has such a good parking spot. And it's in a place that we all have to walk past it. Yeah. And go, man, Ben really made it in life because he has that parking spot. He does. But when you look at the way Pittsburgh operates, you go with for sure things. We spoke about the draft picks uh, that they've taken. Pounce was a for sure thing. TJ was a for sure thing. Uh, just all across the board, Najee is a for sure thing. You get an opportunity to get these guys in here, and this is the thing about Kenny. I know, of course, we're going to speak about his hands, his measurables, and, and, and. But he's played in the environment. He knows the expectations of being a Pittsburgh Steeler, and he was genuinely 
happy about being selected. And I don't think it wasn't appreciative. I think he was happy. Looking at that reaction, I told you, I'm having a sip right now. If you see my glass, because this is just a toast to a guy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I, I'll have one with you, Mo. <laughs> here's my glass on a Friday at home, and I'm saying to myself, Kenny Pickett, you got yourself a uh, a damn good franchise, and it's on you to determine what you're going to do the same way that everybody around had questions around Ben coming from Miami of Ohio. Similar story, different guys. You got to go out and do the exact same thing we expect you to do. Well, here's the thing with with, with Kenny Pickett, and you talk, and we're going to do this in the second segment. We're going to get into what kind of a quarterback he is, and get into the more technical stuff of his football skills, and and why he'd be a good fit here. But from the intangible standpoint, the stuff that Mike Tomlin likes to talk about, running two challenges. Uh, smiling in the face of adversity and all that. I'm, I'm not going to be delicate in the way that I word this, but Kenny Pickett came into a program that has not exactly been swimming in success over the last 30 years, okay? And he did two things that a lot of people around here, including the most diehard pit faithful, yeah. <laughs> believed would not ever be possible. One, a quarterback at Pitt being a Heisman finalist and two Pitt winning the ACC, which is something that really, I mean, when you think about the Clemsons and the, you know, and, and, and the teams that are just, that are, that are there year after year after year, uh, you're not thinking about Pitt and he achieved both of those things in the face of that type of adversity. Yes, 100 percent. And you can say this also during his tenure at Pitt, Pitt got gradually better. The 2020 season is one that you said there is a little bit of a blip. His first year starting was 2018. They went seven and seven. 2019, eight and four. That's a step up under him. Started 12 games, played all 12 games. 2020, he was you know, started nine. And I'm guessing that was a COVID. I have to be corrected on that. But in 2021, 13 games played, 13 games started, number three in overall Heisman voting, um, 11 and two record, and he didn't even play in the uh, in in the uh, the bowl game. So, 4,300 yards. Look at his touchdown, 42 and seven. The ACC is tough, and I know Clemson had his his their time as far as um, they were up and down, but for them to be ACC champions, and I gotta go ahead and. I hate to say it, DK, kiss the ring a little bit. He beat my Tennessee Vols. He definitely did do that. And, and not only that, <laughs> he diced our asses apart, okay? He definitely did that as well, Ramon. <laughs> so I can sit here humbly and admit that. I'll shake his hands. I'm going to still say go Vols, and I'm going to say here we go, because now this is way more important than what that is, except when we come up there in the fall and they got to play my Vols again. Yeah. Um, it's just in general – that vibe from that moment before we go to break here, Mon, when he gets the call from Mike Tomlin and you just see his head disappear. Oh. Okay. Yep. And he's got all that hair flopping and is it, and he can't, and, and the rest of the family and Pat Narduzzi and everybody else is around him, but they're kind of staying back and they're just letting him have his moment. Okay. Yes, they they know who's on the phone. <laughs> okay. They're not guessing the Saints no. pick was in. They know this. Everything's just kind of, you know, 
uh, he, he just, he, and he, the way Kenny himself worded it later was he said 23 years of work went all into one phone call. Yep. And that he was overcome with emotion, not just about being drafted, uh, something that, you know, you've spoken to passionately here, uh, you know, about how much, you know, you look forward to that and everything, but also just that it was this team that was sitting literally yes. next door and that they saw not only his good and his highlights and his combine, mm-hmm. but also his bad. As Kevin Colbert likes to say, we're always harder on the pit players than we are on other players because we see them all the time oh, for better or worse. Yeah. And, yeah. He's earned it, DK. That's that's all I have to say. He's absolutely earned every single bit of it. Like you said, we used to see him and just be like, oh, there's Pitt. And now for Kenny to break through that threshold, I think it speaks a lot about him and about what Pittsburgh thought about him. When we come back, Kenny the quarterback versus the other quarterbacks. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. We're talking about Kenny Pickett, the quarterback now. We're talking about Kenny Pickett versus the quarterbacks now. Let's start with what kind of a, a, a QB he is, Mo. And the first thought that I have when I see him is he has that NFL look to him. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he does in all aspects of, of who he is as a quarterback. He, he, he's battled through a lot. Um, he throws. He's the stereotypical pocket quarterback, but he's more mobile. I, I look at him as he's not – I don't even want to get into the comparison of being 2.0. I look at him as a potentially more polished Mr. Um, Trubisky, in a sense. I think he's a, ahead wow. of him. That's actually uh, really cool. And, and I'll say this, too. At 20 and as a first-round draft pick, he's expected to play. I know Mitch is probably going to lead the way, and and I would love to see what this transition is going to look like. Maybe Mitch is in a a, a mental role other than, other than anything else, as far as just being complete. We spoke about you know Malik all all off season, and because of that, I think we took our focus away about what Kenny Pickett can actually do and what he's actually done. Also, I'm sitting around talking to people about this pick right here, people who involved who are involved in the league. And the one thing that they said about Kenny Pickett was this. He is probably the most NFL-ready guy in this draft as far as overall caliber, as far as overall technique, as far as overall understanding of offenses. Now, it's up to Matt Canada, again, to get him in the best scenarios. Or if it's going to be uh, Mr. Trubisky, Mason at this point, I really don't know what's going to happen. His price is a little stiff for a guy that's, you know, battling for a job that's, honestly, he, he's probably third on the pecking order when it comes down to it, DK. I, I love Mason. You know how I've gone to bat for him. Uh, Caught a fine for, <laughs> for that guy. But if we're being real about who's one and two, I, got, I, I really got Mitch and then I got Kenny. And then is is Mason, and Mason may end up being a you know a if he's humble enough to stick around, he, he might could. Get, he might get he traded. May. He's gonna and get traded after the camp. Really after camp. After yeah. camp. I, I see this as first of all just a fascinating competition for, fascinating. simply from the standpoint that you very casually throw in there that uh, that Trubisky can be a mentor for Kenny. Trubisky's twenty seven. Kenny's 20, Kenny's 24, okay? 
you know, it's not Mitch's fault. He was number two overall and got a head start on everyone. And he has five NFL seasons under his belt, four of them as a starter, a Pro Bowl to his name, and 11 and three performance in 2018. For you just, you can't, I'm telling you, Moan, I really believe that the yeah. Steelers' approach is this. They entered this offseason saying, we can't replace Ben. We can't. We just, we, we, okay. But what we can do is get X number of high ceiling guys, as many as are available to us, legit ceiling guys. Okay. Mitch was a number two overall pick. Kenny's a 20 overall. They had a first round grade on Mason. They really did. Now, you take those guys and you do this with them and you shove them onto Chuck Knoll Field. And you say, you figure it out. Okay, that's not our job. You figure it out. How many dogs, how many bones? The spirit of competition is what you're saying. That's the what you said is fascinating. The thing about Mitch is, 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 is as you said, sometimes you just go to a dumbass coach. Okay, a, a bad system. Okay, <laughs> for the kids involved with this, I apologize, but that's just a hundred percent fact right there. Okay, and I think Chicago's dealing with it with their new guy that they have at quarterback uh, from Ohio State. So, with, with that being said, Mitch was dealt a bad hand. Let's just say that was the case. So, I would ask you this though, DK, and we're gonna tug back and forward on this all summer long until it's actually announced, and even after that. How long is Mitch supposed to stand down? Or no, how long is Kenny Pickett supposed to stand down while Mitch does work? Is this a holdover for a year? That's what we're looking at when we say you got a first-round draft pick and not where you have a Hall of Fame guy like Aaron Rodgers. You know, what happens if Mitch Trubisky comes out and, and just straight kills it? Then what are we thinking about this pick? See, that's what I mean. Just let him sort it out. You don't have to. There's this idea that the idea that the Steelers have to enter camp with yeah. you know this preconceived notion that this is the default guy and this is the two guy. Yeah. You don't. There are enough reps for two. There aren't for three. There right, are enough right, reps right. in a training camp setting, and you can speak to this, Moan. Both guys can get the the equivalent of first team reps, especially when it comes to seven shots and stuff like that, right? So, so what I ask you then is, when we're doing this and we're we're trying to parse who's going to be the guy, how 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 much of a benefit of a fact is Mr. Trubisky going Mr. Trubisky going to get, no matter how good he looks in practice? You know, like that's the other part of it, because public perception, it can ruin or elevate somebody very, very quick. And that's where we really are in this situation right here. His deal really isn't necessarily starter cash. It's two for 14.2 with basically 5.2 guarantee when we're talking about Mr. Biscuit. If I'm not mistaken, I think uh, I think Kenny Pick is going to make more than that, depending on where the slot is as, as far as the 20th overall pick. It'll it'll be in that neighborhood. I just this whole thing is going to be a much more evenly balanced thing that I think than people realize. This there's also there's also going to be a faction that says, "Well, you just drafted this kid. You absolutely have to start him." No, you really don't. You really don't. The other one was a number two overall pick who was stuck under what kind of coach? A dumbass coach. Okay. That's why, it's the, that's why it's the Ramon Foster show. It's Friday, and we're choosing a little bit of violence with this shawl, okay? Let's be real about it. They loved him in Buffalo. Dirty Red said that in Buffalo. He said yes. he knew that if, 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 yeah. Yeah, if, if Josh Allen had gone down, 
they were very and he wasn't answering this as far as trying to be media speak he was talking to one of his friends Tyler Maticavich told me if, if, if Josh Allen had gone down they were confident that they could win games with Mitch Trubisky yeah well I, I man we are in for a summer here we are in for a summer when we come back it's hey moan Okay, welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. And this is the Hey Moan segment of the show. And when Senator Reed and since we're here at the opening and everything, and there's actually humans in the fold here, we're going to do one in person here. I'm going to give this headset here to Zeke. He's got a question for you. Let me turn the camera that way. Hey, Moan, Zeke? how are you? I'm good. How are you, man? Nice shirt. I'll be glad when DK sends me more. Thank you. Um, do you think we still need alignment, or do you think we should take a receiver here and then go back to defense? Ah, for sure, for sure. Let's answer that one. So, do we need to take an offensive lineman? No, I don't think so because you got James Daniel, who's very coveted this offseason as far as the signing of him. That pick right there is going to be more huge than we're actually giving it credit for. Also, Mason Cole is going to compete. You still have young guys also that are in the fold. Kendrick Green has to show up this year. The competition amongst that group is going to be bigger than we're actually giving it credit for. And I truly do believe they're going to get to a quicker progression of getting an offensive line than they did with us in all actuality, simply because they're young, they're hungry. You got outside guys who are also with some guys that are homegrown, like Kevin Dotson. Like, he's really got to show up. You got your tackle set. I think I'd be remiss by saying they don't have tackles. So to say that they need an offensive lineman, that group is good. And it was the best uh, – this, this free agency for them was probably the best that they were able to do considering they knew they are going to have a change in the guard when it comes to quarterback. The other part of it was whoever is going to be a quarterback, Kenny Pickett, Mr. Bisky, Mason Rudolph, they're going to need protection. They're also going to need guys that are able to uh, uh, run, block in the running game. James Daniels is a guy like that. Mason Cole is another. And I think you're going to get some some nasty play from those dudes. It does come down to the play call and how he uh, plays against uh, certain defenses that's going to go against this still a front. What weapons do we need draft-wise? You can never have enough uh, wide receivers. I'm a firm believer of that. I think the tight end position is pretty set, although it wouldn't be overly bad to go get another tight end simply because that's talent and also the ability to be able to block in the running game too for those guys. I'm going either wide receiver or I'm going cornerback this second-round pick. O-line, we're good. There's depth, there's youth. They're locked in for years to come also. What do you think about a defensive tackle? Defensive tackle could be good. We spoke on this the other day simply because that group that's there already is getting a little older, although Cam Hayward isn't stopping, uh, isn't slowing down. He's actually gotten better from year to year to year to year to year. I do keep an eye out on Stefan Tewitt. I'm watching Tyson and Lua Lou come back. There's just a group of guys right now that's just saying, okay, there's time to inject some. It's, it's about time to start injecting some youth into that group. I wouldn't be upset if they did pick a D-tackle. There's still some good quality guys out there. There was a run on Georgia guys last night. But you guys know, like I know, the, the expectation of anybody that goes into their room, Cam is going to set it, and we're going to be, I would love to say, pretty good if they go get a high guy in the second round for the Steelers. Thank you. Thank you. Those are some great questions, man. We need more of that, DK. Come on, man. We need an open shop around here. You know what? I'm just heading to the unemployment line. Don't mind me. <laughs> I see what's going on here. <laughs> we did that well. You're just a facilitator now. We don't need you. 
I knew my place in this show all along, just so yeah. that's clear. <laughs> he asked some awesome questions, dog. That was good. We are contractually obligated now that we have stated for the record that this show will continue through the weekend yeah, to, we in are. fact, continue it through the weekend. We're going to do that after the Steelers have their mad run on wide receivers beginning tonight. Am I right? Or are they yeah. all taken? That or detackle. That or detackle. I know. I know how you feel about that. I, I'm kind of with you here, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, admit it, though, man. When Jordan Davis didn't go to the Ravens, oh. you were the. You know what? Where, thank you, Philadelphia. Yeah. I love you. I knew he would go there. And that's why they leapfrogged him. That draft last night, by the way, was insane. You, saw, you saw a lot of that coming. I was like, thank you, I know. Billy. Imagine the shockwaves of all these receivers changing hands. A.J. Brown down in your part of the world and everything. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, I know. <laughs> you want to talk about city on fire? Nashville is not trying to hear A.J. Brown not being in Nashville, man. No, uh, no, that's not how it's going to go. All right, well, let's do it again tomorrow, tomorrow, Moan. Yes, can't wait.